welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. And this is episode 35. Yeah. So uh, what you been working on, Parker? Uh, the uh, Silicon Labs EFM8, right? Yeah. I've been talking about it for a bit. Um, I think last time I talked about it, I was trying to figure out how to make the bootloader work. Yeah, because it's kind of funky. Yeah, it's not really funky. It's more of the fact that you had to have the proper date code chips to make it work. Well, um, that's kind of, in general, the standard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, usually you don't have erratas that take out entire functions of chips. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you, you basically have to look for a 1601 uh, date code for on the chips. And so far, everything I've pulled from, like, Mauser is the correct date code. So okay, so like, we just had some old chips. We just had old chips. What? What? What's different? They just don't have. Um, a they don't have the. They, you can load the bootloader on them, and yeah. that all that stuff works. But they don't have the failsafe to get into the bootloader um, via hardware wise. So what? What you do is you pull one pin down low, and then reset. And if that pin is held low during the reset event, it goes into bootloader. Ah. That does not exist on the older chips. Okay. Yeah. So the newer chips basically have a, they probably have a couple pieces of, you know, transistor in there. A that, boot into bootloader. Yeah. Well, it's probably not software. It's just some piece of hardware that enables that. Right. The, uh, the power on reset or POR circuitry mm-hmm. has that part in there. And I betcha it was just like adding in just a couple flip flops and crap like that in there. Probably. Um, so I got that working. Uh, hopefully that article will come out next week about EFM mates. Yeah. How to use them, why they're awesome, what they're to look cheap, out for, what to look out for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that good stuff. Um, and I've been investigating their bootloader stuff, mm-hmm. like how to upload uh, all this stuff, because basically you have to do, you know, you have to do the reset dance when you want to use the bootloader uh, loader. So sure. it kind of sucks. It's not like Arduino where it goes right into bootloader yeah. from the default. So I was trying to figure out how to make that work. And I can just actually code it in so it automatically would go into the bootloader. Right? I can just change the bootloader to make that work. Yeah. But then you lose the fast boot up because now you have to basically wait for like three seconds on boot. How which, fast is fast boot up? Well, it basically just says, is this pin low? No, go straight to operation. So it's like, so it's real fast. So it's really fast. But if it's, um, but Arduino's, they wait for a bit. Mm. There's a wait period as it's waiting to see if the interface is talking to them or not. Yeah. And so what I want to do is, um, add in the fast bootloading stuff where it's basically a toggle of a pin to their loader software that's on the computer because it's open source. Hmm. They have, when you download the the package, I'll, I'll put a link in the description. It's like AN94 or something. Is there, like, app note for it? Yeah. Um, they actually have a Python script that you can run. And so and it uses PySerial or PySerial or how you want to pronounce that. Um, and so you can actually toggle, like, the RTS pin and all that other stuff through that... Uh, library, that Python library. So you, then you can basically, you can say, hey, hold this pin down, reset the microcontroller with the reset line or 
RST, which is not actually reset. It's um, return something something. Why would you name it RST if it's not reset? I don't know. It's old old modem stuff. It's like return something terminal. Huh. Um, that's what RST from like like a FT two three two RL. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not reset. That's actually return something terminal. Um, okay. Anyways, that's getting off topic. <laughs> um, uh, but like, use the RST signal as a reset. That's what a lot of people use on like Arduinos and stuff. So use that to reset the microcontroller, and then use one of the auxiliary pins like DTR, which is something terminal something uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> use that signal to hold hold the pin down, toggle reset, and now the microcontroller is in bootloader mode. All right. So you basically you automatically go to bootloader without having to do the button dance on the on the dev board. Okay, so it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, it makes it a little easier. Uh, a little less uh, manual. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got I got to look into that. I think it's very doable. It's just going to take some work because I have no idea what I'm doing in Python. <laughs> <laughs> um, Perl, I'm actually not bad at, but Python for some reason I looked at the code and I'm like. I have no idea what is structured. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, people listening right now who are like, ah, oh, Python's so easy. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Um, not to a C guy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'll put it this way, is in, at least for, for me and C, is C you can walk through the most programs, even like highly convoluted programs, and you can just walk through step by step and you know exactly what's going on. This Python code, I have no idea what's going on half the time. <laughs> Python, has, I've found, has a lot more uh, inherently built-in functions that you just kind of have to know. Yes, Whereas yeah. C is just like, know these like six rules, and you yeah. can walk through anything. I love C. C yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. It's it's using some functions that had no idea what, what yeah. it does. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I have to sit there and look everything up. Well, it's, it's like, like it's like re it's like when you're in like fourth grade and you read a book and you have to have like the dictionary right next to you. <laughs> right, right. Or or like when you read um uh like when you read somebody's really well done but yet still convoluted uh pick code that's part C and picks nomenclature and stuff. Oh, it looks yeah. so foreign because they're using all these register names and crap. Yep. And it's just like this looks like C but not. Yeah, it's using some registers. I have no idea. What, you know what would be great? This would be great. If if someone can make their IDE, right? Where if there's a register, yeah, you click on it, and it opens up the data sheet to the page that describes what the fuck that thing does. Oh, come on. Come on. No, that's way too smart. <laughs> they couldn't do that. Someone do that, and that, yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be that would be so killer. <laughs> but do you realize how many like permutations that would take? And you can go the opposite way. Is in in the IDE. Yeah. You can find what you need, click it, and it brings the code the code in to initialize that thing in in it. Oh, so wait, if it was an integrated data sheet and IDE together, yes. they were one and the same. Yes. Oh, that would be See, Silicon incredible. Labs almost does this. Well, they do that with their config bits. Yeah, they have the they have the hardware config thing in their IDE, which is cool. It's really cool. It's just it's graphical, and I don't really like how Silicon Labs kind of hides stuff from you. <laughs> and so you're like, you have no idea what you're actually doing, 
and it just and it, well, the thing is when it makes the configuration code it actually shoves that code somewhere else in your project so you can't actually look at it unless you go digging for it what yeah it shouldn't have put it at the top of like... no it doesn't put it in main what no it just it throws in some other c file no. Yeah. You did so well. Why did you <laughs> fail there? <laughs> so, but you can go get it. It's just, it just makes it less obvious what's going on. Yeah. Because um, I like, like, oh, I need to set this one bit to turn some comparators off in this pig 16. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, MP Lab, gosh, the last time I was really messing with it, I've done some MP Lab X. What but icon was it? It was not X. It was MP Lab 8. And I think it was just a big MP or something. <laughs> it was something like that. MP Lab changes their icon like every day. Uh, yeah. But, uh, every I, release. MP Lab 8, <laughs> I was doing some projects in that, and they had sort of the proto beginnings of what you were talking about, where instead of writing your own config bits, uh, you could go into this like sort of graphical it was it was more like you choose the your your pick name then it had a whole bunch of pull down lists ah. uh, and it was like select your what kind of oscillator how fast it is and you know do you want watchdog and blah 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 all this crap and then all it did was you press okay and it would spit out one line of code at the top of your main <laughs> and it was just your config bits and what's funny is it took longer to go through their wizard than it would to just write the config bits yep <laughs> but yeah it would mean you know, it was cool yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's almost done. Instead of the lab stuff. Um, and then I got my macro Duino today. Yeah. And what, I'm it, what is your macro Duino? Macro Duino is a basically better version of the Arduino. Ooh, but better. Uh, Arduino Uno, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it still uses the 328P. Yeah. Um, but it has USB Type-C. It has a proper USB bridge chip. It has proper power... Management and management, um, except that the power is not working right now, so I have to figure that out. <laughs> um, the power to the USB bridge chip is getting there, and then the USB bridge chip, which is a FT230X by FTDI, it's actually talking to the computer, but nothing on the on the uh, serial stream on the on basically the uh, the AVR end. Yeah, nothing's talking. And so I it's think, all stopping at the FTD. Yeah, so I, something is wrong with. I think I basically hooked up the uh, the VC the VCCIO pin. Is I tried to do something really funky because I wanted the I wanted this board to be able to be five volt and three point three volt compliant. Yeah. So all you have to do is move a jumper and bam, you have a three point three volt board. To make that work, is you have to talk to your you have to change the um, the voltage IO on the bridge chip. Okay. Right, and the uh, the great thing about using you know most FTDI devices is they have a pin that you say this is the voltage that your I/O is going to be, so you can make it whatever you want within their range. Sure, right, which is really cool. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just pipe in that voltage that I'm using for VCC into that pin, right? But I forgot that I'm using a I'm using proper USB implement uh, implement yeah. and. <laughs> Implementation? Yeah, yeah, that word. Um, <laughs> and so I'm using a P-channel MOSFET on the USB voltage line. And so basically it has to wait till it gets enumerated before it opens. Mm. Right? That's all handy. It's getting, it's, it's talking to the computer, it's enumerating. But the pin that controls that MOSFET 
needs voltage from the pin that's not being driven because there's a MOSFET blocking it. So it's this. Does that like, make sense? The chip is <laughs> is kind of confused in a way. Well, the the pin doesn't have any voltage to drive the gate that needs it. That uh, doesn't have any voltage to drive the gate that's turning on its own voltage for the I/O. <laughs> this is this is the uh, it's the, a chicken egg. Yeah, the thing. electrical engineer's version of chicken yeah, and egg. <laughs> um, I'll definitely post like a. Uh, I'll post a schematic. You can download it on on our GitHub, but I'll post a schematic with like arrows and stuff showing like what's actually not working <laughs> yeah sounds like sounds like there's uh, i don't know there's there might be a unique easy solution to it i hope so because i really want to keep that chip to be five volt or 3.3 volt like a master commander kind of thing yeah i i really want to be able to be able to switch between those voltage levels yeah but at the moment i can't figure that out maybe maybe a, i think i think a diode might work <laughs> wait no no this is like electrical engineers just like train of thought it's just like nah there's it's just gotta be a diode somewhere yeah you it's know? like <laughs> i need something to go somewhere but not go back the other way diode diode <laughs> <laughs> oh there's uh, been many times yeah so i'm gonna do, some, yeah, I'm gonna like do some more testing tomorrow um and I'll, I'll yeah i'll post a picture on 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 the below on, on the below well, whatever we call the text podcast notes. <laughs> the podcast there we go. notes. <laughs> We've oh. only been doing this thirty-four times before. <laughs> think we would know by now. On the below, people. <laughs> awesome. Okay, see what you've been working on this week. <laughs> it's hard to follow that. <laughs> um, so, as you know, Parker, I was uh, out the majority of this week. Uh, that's why I was so quiet this week. <laughs> Yeah, so I was out earlier this week. Um, uh, Actually, my my wife was having uh, surgery, and we were out in Austin, Texas. Um, Your old stomping grounds out there. Yeah, it is. Um, So, yeah, we we were out there um, taking care of uh, health issues. But uh, And and the reason why I kind of bring that up is... is, um, When when people have been asking me about, you know, the surgery and what's been going on... um, I'm super excited to tell them that that my wife got uh, to uh, have a surgery done using the Da Vinci machine. Yeah, this, so, is, this thing's crazy. The Da Vinci machine is this like ridiculous medical like robot anime mecha crazy. I don't I don't even know like we we need to post links to it because it's super cool. Yeah, and I'm all like. You know, my my wife is doing fine, uh, and it's it's worth saying that. But I'm geeking out about the machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's this it's this ridiculous robot that has like four arms that are all like infinitely configurable, and they have a bunch of different attachments and like saws and grippers and knives and all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, the surgeon sits inside of this like crazy like three D pod. And he sticks his face inside this pod, and he's got two controller arms, and he can do the most crazy stuff with this. Like he was, he was showing us uh, uh, images of the inside of my <laughs> wife's like cavity. I guess is the right word to say. And uh, and it was just like, wow, that's crazy that you could do it with that machine. Too bad um, he didn't let you drive. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my wife would have hated me. <laughs> 
no, no, it's super cool. We need to post some some stuff. I've been geeking about out about it for like a week now. Yeah, you showed me that stuff today. I I think I watched like a ten minute video on that thing today. At lunch. Oh yeah, no, no, there's there's a great video. Well, I think a couple of them on YouTube of this machine skinning an apple, and like the the surgeon's totally like sitting there and and just just delicately and, and very gently just slicing just the skin and peeling the skin off the apple. And he's, of course, sitting like 10 feet away from the apple inside this like video game apparatus kind of thing. Uh, it's super cool, super cool. So I was out doing that. Yeah. Um, but so could you, I guess in the future is there could be like the doctor can just do surgeries while he's at home in his slippers. Yeah, as long as he doesn't have like crappy internet (laughs) goes out yeah damn you comcast (laughs) it's like oh the lag on this is terrible (laughs) oh man so so um i had a lot of downtime uh waiting waiting in the office and whatnot so uh so actually while i was while i was waiting of course i'm sitting there designing stuff uh and, and oh, it's it's so like funny because proper engineer though yeah yeah like my, my sister actually came to, to hang out with us in the uh in the waiting room and we're we're, uh, we're sitting there and i'm i'm totally like drawing away on my little notebook she's like oh what, what are you working on and i'm like i'm helping design a synthesizer for my for my buddy and she's like your wife is having surgery and you're designing a synthesizer like it's like sorry this is just who i am <laughs> So let's talk about synthesizers real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so um, I actually uh, designed a voltage-controlled amplifier uh, this yep. this past couple days. Uh, super cool. So I found a company that is called That, like T H A T. The the name of the company is That Corporation. I work for that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and T H A T is all capitalized. Go check them out. Um, they have a bunch of like they call them audio engines and audio processors and all kinds oh, of Oh, I okay, that I remember this company now. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. They, they've got audio a, engine definitely clicked that bit over my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, you know they they have things like you know just digitally controlled preamplifiers all in one package yep. and you know just uh, simple stuff like that, but they have a line of voltage controlled amplifiers in single chip. Um, that is just absolutely killer. So it's the whole amplifier plus a linear to logarithmic converter inside the chip. So you provide a linear voltage ramp to it and it logarithmically controls the volume. So I actually have a an amplifier right now that is, uh, it only takes two chips. It's a dual op amp and one of the that chips, I guess uh, one of their things. And it... Um, uh, it can go from zero dB or just unity gain all the way down to negative 120 decibels, uh, all with just some simple control voltage stuff. So uh, it's actually really cool now that, you know, making a VCA in the past was not particularly easy. Now it's just two chips. So pretty cool. I'm going to try to throw that together and um, play around with a um, a modular synth with my buddy. You're going to use this amplifier, right? (laughs) and this amplifier (laughs) and that vca yeah (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome uh yeah so yeah go check those guys out they make some pretty cool stuff yep um just ignore all the fancy audio words they use (laughs) or jargon is a good way to put it fine gold capacitors fine gold um we actually going to talk about capacitors in a little bit Uh uh-oh um rfo section and rfo section 
And uh, this is going to sound like we are the Silicon Labs. Fanboys? Uh, engineering podcast, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Slip. So last week with, uh, with Michael Lyons, we talked about how Silicon Labs had a teaser for like their new thing, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently it's it's cool, but not as cool. I was hoping for like a new sleepy bee, a sensor bee. Angry bee. Or an angry bee. Yeah, angry bee. That'd be cool. <laughs> you like turn it on, it goes. <laughs> it just shocks you. That's all it does. <laughs> no, you turn Thanks, it on. Silicon Labs. Yeah. Um, so? so it's not as cool as that, but it's all pretty cool. So they have this line called Thunderboards. Okay. okay. So th- they're like their development board line, you know, whatever. So they came out with this new board called the Thunderboard Sense. And it's basically their uh, EFM32 line that's got like built-in wireless, all that crazy stuff. I-, I believe you have written down on our sheet, 24 gigahertz wireless, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it's an IoT thing and every IoT thing has 2.4 gigahertz. Right. So it's like, <laughs> who cares at this point? <laughs> it's not special anymore. It's not special. Um but what is special is it's got a crap ton of sensors on this thing. Yeah. It's got uh, it's got humidity and temperature sensors, uh, UV and regular ambient light sensor. It's got a pressure sensor. It's got an indoor air quality sensor, which I didn't know existed. Uh, more on that in a little bit. Uh, and then it's got a six-axis like IMU, and then it's got a memes microphone, which I didn't know existed either. So it's got That's a, awesome. So it's got a silicon. A, sil- a silicon-based dye microphone instead of normal Yeah, iPhone. yeah, I've actually used those before. Uh, they they work. They don't have a lot of bass, but they work. Well, yeah, you're vibrating <laughs> something that's like, you know, a couple atoms thick. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right. And the diaphragm is, you know, a half a millimeter by half a millimeter. If that, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, this cool thing is this uh, indoor air quality sensor thing, right? Um, part number CCS811. Unfortunately, we can't buy this at Mauser Digikey. Hmm. I think Future has some. So basically, you have to talk to the company and probably buy some. Um, and they don't. They have some evaluation boards, but they're kind of hard to get. Yeah. It seems like. And they don't have, like, I want a board that just has this chip on it. And it's broken out. Right? That's right, what I want. Yeah. They don't sell that. You know, pe- people would actually, I bet you if you made a little IoT device that you stick somewhere in your house that just tells you your air quality, that's what people thing, would eat that alive. That's what, and that's what this thing does, the Thunderboard. And it actually has an, they actually wrote an app that already works with the board and just gives you all the raw data. So wait, wait, this is actually, this, what they've created is an indoor weather station. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and the, the great thing is, is the price. It's 30 bucks. For all, all of in. that, all in, yeah, and it's power. You can power it with a coin cell or over USB. And oh, blah, that blah, is blah, blah, killer! Blah. And it's got all the demo code. Really cool. I'm gonna pick up some from the for the fab. Oh yeah, so we can uh, play around with them. Um, I'm actually kind of excited. I wish it was like a sensor B that was like a micro. Like they took all this stuff and put it on one die. Nothing <laughs> would be ginormous, but it'd be cool. Yeah, that would be. We so have to talk to Octavo Systems. See if they can make a system on package. System on or weather station on package. Oh. Or environment environmental on package. Something like that. (laughs) Environmental on package. Yeah. That would okay, so that would actually be really cool if you just got all the big stuff and it could just coin cell goes go anywhere. Yep. 
Oh, that would be so awesome. And so this is what I want to use at the, our new shop, right? Yeah. Because at the new shop, I want to put um, light towers on the outside of all the bathrooms. Because we want to okay. manufacture company. So, so for people who don't know, a light tower on a, on a production machine, it's got usually has three colors on it. So you have a green, a yellow, and a red. Yeah. So green means, hey, everything's good with the machine. It's working really well. Yep. Yellow means there's some kind of issue, but it's not stopping production. Yeah. Red means the line stopped. Something's, something bad happened. Right. Usually it's like, I have no idea why this part's out. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they, we actually, um, a lot of places put those on like manual working benches too. Yes. Green saying, I'm okay. Yellow says, I need something. And red meaning, I can't go forward. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so what I want to do is get some of those, put them on the outside of the bathrooms. And so when someone's inside, they're red, yeah. right? Yeah. When someone's left for X period of time, they're yellow. Cause so if someone, you know, you know, had to take a number two in it <laughs> and then, and then green means it's all fresh, ready to go. It's, it's, oh gosh. And you have... Silicon Labs to help you out with this. Yeah, I can buy one of these. One of these, and it has enough I/O where yeah. I can just drive some, you know, solid-state relays. And you got an air quality and gas sensor on. Exactly. <laughs> and it can control like the lights, and it's got a, it's got a, um, uh, a, a light sensor on it, yeah. so you can detect when the door got open, when the, when a door opens. Sure. Turn on the light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then turn on the fan. Yeah. Right. And then when someone leaves, you can detect, you just time out. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And it can control the fan. So it can run the fan after someone leaves, but turn the light off to save electricity. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you got a, you got a microphone. So if someone needs to use an intercom, they need to get with somebody real quick. They could just. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll desolder that part. <laughs> You could have you could have uh, conference meetings right from the bathroom. Oh man, <laughs> awesome! Yeah, and you know, you know what it's gonna be called? What? The fart tower. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, all in one package for thirty bucks. Yeah, well, plus the light tower. I think Adafruit sells those light towers too. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next on the list, um, you might not have seen this article since you were. Up in Austin, mm -hmm. but Snapchat is they rebranded themselves Snap Inc. I think Snap something, and that's not that doesn't matter. Um, they're in the hardware game now. They are building hardware. Snapchat. Snapchat, the app that's on maybe on your phone. I don't know if it's on your phone. Depends on how cool you are. Yeah, I guess. Anyways, um, they're called Spectacles. Okay. Which, um, they were like the most hipster-looking sunglasses I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, or up there. Uh, and basically what they do is they have a camera in them, right? And okay. a little LED that turns yeah. on when they're when you're recording. And yeah. they take, basically you touch them, they record for like 10 seconds, and then you have the option to upload them to Snapchat. How is that a game? Well, it's not a game. Snapchat's not a game. Huh. Okay. Snapchat is a, like, texting, yeah, picture, you know, I, I chat program. I don't, I haven't used it, but I'm aware of it. Clearly didn't know what it was. You thought it was <laughs> well, a game. But, but in the oh, I apologize. I read it wrong. You said they're in the hardware game now. I, yeah. I thought you were meaning they were making a hardware no, game. No, they're not making a hardware game. Okay. 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 So they're making hardware now. Yeah. That totally making, makes more sense. They're basically Sorry, making, I'm a bit slow. 
<laughs> They're basically making Google glasses without the augmented reality part. I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, this all makes so much more sense now. And so the, there's some interesting things. Um, okay, maybe only one interesting. It's going to have wireless. They don't say what kind of wireless it's going to have. Yeah. I think Google Glasses actually had a SIM card in it and actually connected to cell towers, right? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I don't know if it paired with your phone. I don't remember. I It might have. Um, so I'm going to bet you it's wireless. It's going to be Bluetooth. Probably. And so it will pair with your phone and then use your phone as the interface, which yeah. will make a lot more sense because it doesn't have a display like the Google Glass did. Yeah. And it's interesting that someone else is finally trying this idea because I always thought Google Glass work was a really cool idea, except that the form factor was wrong. Yeah, it's, it, it looked it looked out of place. It looked out of place how yeah. it was designed. Whereas this looks like, I mean, granted, hipster sunglasses, but it's just also so the only mean Ray Bans, right? Uh, with ginormous plastic frames. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, the only thing that looks out of place is the fact that right up on you know the upper, I think upper left or whatever it is, there's a you know a round dot that's sure. where the lens is at. Sure. So it's not too crazy. Huh. So it looks like normal sunglasses for the most part. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it's got to sync up with your phone via something. But yeah, I think it's a cool idea. I can't wait to see. I I probably would never own one, but it's actually kind of cool seeing this kind of jump from a, you know, strictly software app company to hardware. Yeah. I I'm, can I wonder if they're gonna offer like a prescription version of it. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife might buy one. Maybe she's a Snapchat. There you go. <laughs> um, and as I said earlier, we're gonna talk about capacitors. And this is more of like a oh that's interesting and weird kind of thing. Not really an RFO. Yeah. But uh, someone was taking some Hot Wheels apart. Yeah. And I didn't know that made electrical Hot Wheels. Like. You they t- have motors in when, them. when you're saying like Hot Wheels, you, you mean like the toy car? Yeah, the toy car. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, made by Mattel. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they have some, some Hot Wheels that are actually have motors in them. Mm-hmm. And you charge them up with this like little dock thing, and they you know go around your track sure. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when someone took one apart, at least recently, I guess, and took a picture, and they have Hot Wheel brand capacitors inside. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah, Hot Wheel brand capacitors. Where do I buy Hot Wheel capacitors? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? We always talk about, you know, Nikicon fine gold. Yeah. What if you put Hot Wheel capacitors in your amp? Oh, my gosh. And make your amp go like, you have like 10 more horsepower. Your amp would sound so awesome. <laughs> it would be badass. <laughs> Oh, that's, you know, I wonder. I don't even care if they're bad caps. I totally want some. Like make a, a uh, yeah. You know what? I want us. I, I, we should go check out and see how much these oh, Hot Wheels cost. Let's make a Hot Wheels stomp box. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> let's do this. That is so awesome. Um, I'm gonna bet you they are the cheapest electrolytics you can buy. Well, the, the, uh, uh, well, he, no, they run a motor. I wonder if they're super caps. Nah, I doubt it. They're small. They're like it's, the size of your, your first digit on your pinky. Right. So is the motor. Yeah, but they go for like, you know, a minute. Huh. And so like a normal electrolytic is going to like burn that all up in the ESR. 
Right. Well, and it burned up real fast anyway. Um, yeah, let's look at because I saw a picture. I think I saw a picture of them earlier. They look like regular cats that just kind of have hot wheel heat shrink around. Yeah, that's them. exactly <laughs> what they are. That's exactly what they are. They just, they just took heat. They took the heat shrink wrap and just slammed it over it. But why? Yeah, exactly. That was the thing. Is no one's supposed to open these things up? Why? Well, thumbs up, Mattel. <laughs> attention to detail yeah, there. attention to detail <laughs> that's super cool no I'm now I'm on a mission I have yeah. to get some Hot Wheels so I think we have to figure out how much they cost okay because I don't know if they make them anymore or not so we might have to go you know eBay whatever and just pull some get some pull them out and actually measure them I bet you if we sliced the the Hot Wheel covering off oh it'd be like Lelon or something yeah, like Lelon that yeah or or uh uh, fine silver, <laughs> fine silver. Oh, uh, what are the, what are the like? They, there's so many like uh, like fine w- Chinese Wuhan or whatever. Like they, you have those shows. Those it, it's it's one of those brands where oh. like if you don't if you never heard of it, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. when it yeah. comes to those electrolytics, it's like. <laughs> uh, I'm what be was the one that burnt out a bunch of Samsung TVs a while back? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking a about. Huge recall about them too. Yeah. Got a wa- uh, so actually, funny enough, a customer dropped off an amp at my shop the other day. Get this, this is this is really interesting. Um, uh, he dropped off the amp and he's like, "Hey, I've got this weird issue. If I play a note on my guitar, you hear my note, and you also hear another note uh, with it. And so you so ghost notes, a ghost note. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. And and it's not. It wasn't due to distortion because we 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 set it up such that it was clean tone, and literally it would play an overtone that was either in phase or out of phase with the uh, the tone you were playing. So sometimes it actually sounded cool. Sometimes it sounded crappy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it sounded like a if you've ever heard a, a ring modulator. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a ring modulator takes your signal and it breaks it up into uh uh it like adds and subtracts and yeah, and basically yeah. guarantees dissonance in a way regardless this did the same thing so i start i start with obvious things uh like replacing his tubes and blah 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 a couple other things nothing works um i check to make sure the polarity on his output transformer is correct because if that's wrong you can get uh note doubling and things of that sort all of that's fine so i said hey screw it okay i throw my scope on it. I start probing around uh, and I looked at the main high That's voltage that, line. Yeah. And uh, it's got just a ridiculous amount of ripple on it. And the ripple is just disgusting too. <laughs> it's like 40 volts of garbage ripple uh, on a 300 volt line. Uh, and it has tons of overtones on it. And lo and behold, I look at the main rectifier cap uh, and it's just some just wacko just crappy brand i was like hey that there great, we go great caps ink great yeah yeah right so super so, caps ink buy good caps people just just spend the extra money and buy good caps because this amp is is was fairly new too huh. uh it's, it's so just did replacing the cap fix it i haven't done that yet uh i'm getting it on order so uh but well, I, hopefully it is because we would have just slandered great caps ink oh <laughs> Such a good company. <laughs> uh, so yeah, cool. Yep. And that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. Yep. We were your hosts, Parker Dillman and Stephen Craig. Later, guys. Take it easy. <laughs>